eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king welcome back to the show it's been about a week since we uh since we graced your podcast feeds uh, you know, took a bit of a bit of a break for the holiday season but hope you guys enjoyed the uh massive signing day episode that we had um before christmas but now we are back in the swing of things of course signing day is complete now things are kind of pivoting into basketball season auburn opened up sec play on Wednesday night at home at Neville Arena and to talk about that game and some other goings-ons with Auburn basketball and maybe what this team needs to do moving forward in the SEC. I'm joined by our Mark Murphy. And Mark, it was uh, really, really a, a sort of a grinded-out game for Auburn on Wednesday night against uh, against a familiar face. It was Todd Golden, former Auburn assistant, his first time going up against Bruce Pearl. And the Gators had a lead late in this game, um, but ultimately Auburn ends up winning 61 to 58 pretty fitting that this one came down to a, a defensive stop for the Tigers in uh in what was such a defensive minded game it had to be Florida went more than eight minutes without a made field goal there in the first half but it was still a struggle for Auburn to get going on the offensive end but uh, ultimately the Tigers were able to able to pull it out in the uh, in Bruce Pearl said after the game look this this league is going to be a rock fight you know from from games one through 18 and uh this was this was I think a perfect example of that yeah I, I agree Nathan uh Auburn's going to have to win with defense this year and, and tenacity. And I thought both teams had scouted the other team very well. Um, they were doing a pretty good job of defending each other's offense. And it makes sense because Todd Golden uh, worked two years on Bruce Pearl's staff, understands what he's doing very well. And he's a very detail-oriented head coach, uses a lot of analytics, trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to win games and, uh, he studies his own team very carefully, but he also studies opponents too. And uh, I've always been impressed with him. I think he's one of the bright and upcoming coaches, not just in the SEC, but in college basketball overall. And uh, um, Bruce Pearl said afterwards, he said he got no joy out of winning that game, beating Todd Golden, but he would have had a lot of upset if he'd lost a game at Neville Arena where well, the Tigers have now won 26 straight. And yeah, it seems to me that, it's going to be very important that Auburn holds serve at home this season because I don't know that Auburn's got enough offensive firepower to win a large number 
of SEC road games like it did last season. Yeah, I was thinking that leaving the game yesterday, looking ahead to this beginning stretch of the season for Auburn and how it kind of sets up nicely for them to start 2-0, maybe even 3-0 in the SEC. Arkansas is a great team, but I think it's a nice draw that you get them at home. I think it's a nice draw you get them at home on a Saturday. And maybe if you can go handle business on the road against Georgia, you know, building some confidence, you're starting to know. I agree with you. You got to hold serve at home. Um, you know, if you do that and you grab a few road games in the SEC, you go 10 and 8, you go 11 and 7 in the league, which is great. That's enough to obviously get you a decent seed in the tournament. I think the biggest storyline in this game, and Bruce Pearl said as much leading up to it, was defending Colin Castleton. This was a guy who could have been maybe a, a late first round pick if he had gone out for the draft and said, Decided to come back. Um, I think right now he's projected to be like a top 20 pick. Um, first team preseason all SEC. And a guy who gave Auburn fits last season. Um, 21 and a half points per game in, in two games for the Gators last year. And both of those games were against Walker Kessler, who ended up being the uh, the national defensive player of the year. I remember he scored on Kessler a couple times in that game in Gainesville and then hit him with the two little celebrations. So anytime you can do that to a seven foot one guy, that's, that means you're, you're pretty good. But that was a huge matchup for John I Broom and Broom got the best of him here. Uh, you know, I thought Auburn had a really good game plan for keeping Castleton away from the basket ends up shooting only one of six on the game. And on the other side, John I Broom ties for Auburn's team lead in points. He scores 14 shoots six of 13 gets his second double double of the season with 11 points. And he leads Auburn in assists with four assists. So it really seems like he's starting to come into his own. That's something he and Bruce Pearl both mentioned after the game, and that is a really big key. If he can be more assertive on both ends of the floor, that's a huge key for Auburn moving forward. You know, getting Janai Broom healthy again, Nathan's a big deal because first he had that ankle problem that limited him, even cost him a game. He had to sit out, and then he had knee-to-knee contact in one of the games, and that bothered him too. And he's obviously a lot quicker now, more mobile, and uh, I think he personally really wanted to win this game. He wrote a nice article about that. Uh, he's from um, the Tampa area. Florida recruited him heavily. Um, he had a chance to go to a lot of places, all the way out to Gonzaga. You know, Kentucky recruited him. Duke recruited him. A lot of other basketball powers. But he saw a really great opportunity to come in and contribute right away uh, at Auburn with Walker Kessler going pro. And I thought he played extremely well. Uh, I thought Dylan Cardwell coming in off the bench. Uh, play well too and the, the that tag team duo mostly broom in this game really outplayed uh colin castleton who uh, uh i talked to castleton at sec media days and i asked him why he didn't go pro and he had off-season shoulder surgery and he said he just wasn't physically well enough to go to all those pre-nba camps and decided it made sense to come back and he told me he was looking forward to playing for todd golden and uh I can understand why. And after the game, Todd Golden said, look, he said, you know, even though Castleton didn't have a good game, at the end of the game, they wanted to run the play for him. They got the play set up just like they wanted to. He said, give credit to Auburn. They did, Tigers did a really good job defending him. Uh, it was sort of double team there by uh, Jalen Williams and Broom. And then the ball came loose and then, Chris Moore, right in the right place at the right time, like he is often, gets the loose ball and throws it to Wendell Green, who goes coast to coast and makes an acrobatic layup, which he needed to do because Florida is very athletic and they're playing really good defense. And uh, when Wendell went up for the layup, I thought his shot was going to get blocked, but he, 
He uh, made a little pretzel layup move there, scored, which proved to be the insurance basket. And Florida didn't have enough time to get the ball inbounds uh, for a last minute shot because they used up its all their timeouts. So thought it was a wasn't a great offensive game, but you know, for, for people who enjoy teams playing hard, getting after it, and playing strong defense. Uh, I thought both sides accomplished that. And Florida's sort of been up and down this year, Nathan. Uh, they played some some really strong games. They played some games where they struggled offensively, and that was one of their offensive struggles last night. Yeah, they were a team came in, like you said, sort of wishy-washy from, from long range as well. Um, but they had shot the ball pretty well in most of their games this season. I think they were top 120 in the country, something like that, maybe closer to top 100. Um, they only went 3-19 and 19 from deep. Auburn only went 3-14. of 14. You can really – sort of see the the change right now for Auburn just I got you know keeping an emphasis on on what they're doing inside um and and kind of steering away from the three ball unless they really unless you know it comes down to it and the shot clock is winding down they're not necessarily hunting those shots at the moment because they're obviously they're not shooting a great percentage from out there you mentioned Chris Moore um Bruce Pearl brought him up again uh he's used this line a couple times saying if he's gonna if he's gonna have a, a poster child for what Auburn basketball likes to do, what a what a model Auburn basketball player is on both ends of the floor. It's going to be a guy like Chris Moore, you know, a decent recruit who waited his turn, now is sort of blossoming as a starter in his his junior season. Another really good game for him, and like you mentioned, seems to be in the right place at the right time on both ends of the floor. He had that missed free throw where he got got his own offensive rebound, or he he created a turnover after a missed free throw, got the ball right back. He actually ran up to Bruce Pearl and high fived him right there on the. Uh, on the bench, but he, he's been a big spark plug for them. They have shortened this rotation though. And I think the West coast trip was, was testing that out. And now going into sec play, I'm really interested to see what they do um, moving forward here because they're playing a little bit less guys. Um, Chance Westry did not play in this game. Um, and Yoan Treor, you're looking only played seven minutes. And so that's something where Bruce Pearl said, you know, if, you know, they're freshmen, they're going to figure it out at some point, but if they can't do it right now, then they're hurting the rotation. He's got to shorten it up a little bit. So still a deep lineup for Auburn, but maybe you see a little bit less playing time for those for those freshmen moving forward because just haven't been able to make much of an impact the last few games. Yeah, I agree. you got to be productive when you're out there on the court. And uh, obviously Chance Westry doesn't have all his mobility back or his confidence back yet after having the offseason knee surgery. And uh, Chris Moore, you know, he had uh, had the, the injury last year in his – to his leg. He didn't play a whole lot. Uh, he played in 25 games and didn't average a lot of minutes per game, but uh, he's healthier now and he worked very hard in the offseason and showing uh, another player I thought, you know, had sort of an understated game. But uh, just think about the last three games. I mean, he's been really steady out there. That's Zeb Jasper. He was on the court for 16 minutes and 28 seconds. And during that time, Auburn outscored. Of Florida by nine points. It's not an accident because the guy's playing really good defense and he's not looking to shoot a lot. Bruce Pearl is always telling him to shoot more, shoot more, and be more aggressive offensively, but he's still deferring a lot offensively to his teammates. But, well, if he can keep playing um, significant minutes and not turn the ball over, that's a big deal because this team um, – has a tendency to get in these spurts where they turn the ball over way too much. That was the case in the first half against Florida. Way too many turnovers in the first half. Then in the second half, they had just 
four turnovers. And I think that was the key to winning the game. And, you know, one of those turnovers was, was a bad one. Jalen Williams, the veteran senior, uh, Auburn had the ball uh, with about 45 seconds left, one-point lead, trying to get a good shot. And Jalen was over in the corner right in front of the Auburn bench. I thought he was going to take a three. I think he thought about it, hesitated, and then he made a pass. Florida's long and athletic. The ball was stolen. That set up the Gators for a potential game-winning shot, and Auburn had to win the game with defense, which you know I thought was kind of fitting considering the way the game went, uh, Nathan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, team high four turnovers for for Jalen Williams. Not necessarily what you what you want to see, but like you mentioned, um there in the second half, they only had four turnovers as a team. Um bunch of guys didn't have a single turnover there in the second half. The the turnovers have been not only does it give away possessions for Auburn, but you know, you looked in that West Coast trip as well when they started to turn the ball over, just sort of threw them out of sync offensively. And and that's just kind of where I want to go back and talk about this offense. They had a decent trip on the West coast um, in that first game against USC, then had a spectacular game um, against Washington. 72% in the second half from the, from the floor was a, was a great outing for them. Then you come back and you're, you're below 60 points until, you know, three seconds left in the game or whenever Wendell green made that layup. So I just, you know, kind of want to get your perspective on that mark now that we've got such a big sample size on this team and it's no longer hey let's figure out what we got now it's it's crunch time you're here you're in the sec it's time to it's time to sort of make your hey what are the biggest offensive improvements needed for this team because it's still a group that is lower than than middle of the pack right now in the sec on on that side of the floor you know one of the things that i thought the team was sort of struggling with uh, in pre-conference play, and it changed out of Washington. They got on the offensive boards in a really big way. Florida shot 19 three-pointers, only made three, but finished the game with five offensive rebounds. Auburn had 17 offensive rebounds uh, against the Gators, which is a really good number against anybody, especially an athletic team. And Auburn played physical basketball. They need to continue to do that. But, uh, you know, it, where they need to improve offensively, I think, Number one, they got to get more consistent on three-point shots. Uh, they hit three, three or fourteen against the Gators, and that's just not good enough. They need to be up in the mid thirty percent range, and uh, th- three or fourteen is not going to cut it. Auburn also missed some points at the free throw line, sixteen and twenty-four. You know, at least one front end of a one and one was missed. I think maybe two of them in a tight game like that, where every point is at a premium. Boy, you need to take advantage of that. And, um, you know, in 
when games get down to crunch time, I think they need to make sure they get the ball into the hands of Wendell Green, who's shooting 80% at the free throw line. Katie Johnson shooting better than 80% at the three-point line. I think Zeb Jasper is a guy you can count on to make a free throw in, in crunch time. Jalen Williams, too, but uh, um, try not to get Janai Broom fouled there in the late stages of a game because he's not been real consistent with his free throw shooting. And a couple of the other guys haven't been real good either. But, you know, we talked about uh, – Chris Moore earlier, he's really shooting the free throw as well. I mean, he spent a lot of time in the offseason working on that. And, you know, every time he releases that ball, Nathan, I think it's going to go in And for the season. He's, I think he's like 21 to 27 at the foul line. That's not too shabby. We mentioned it a little bit, talking about what this team needs to do better on the offensive side of the ball. But just overall, heading into now the new year, um, what is what is one New Year's resolution if you were Auburn, if you were Bruce Pearl? Um, you would want to go ahead and lock in for this team heading into heading into the rest of SEC play because at the moment, still a team that's going to be you know ranked in the top twenty. Obviously, the number twenty right now. They're going to move on up. Bruce Pearl noted after the game on Wednesday they made history. Said it's the first time ever they've been ranked through an entire season, um, or at least under him. Um, you know, from 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 the beginning or <laughs> entire season, for a whole entire calendar year. year, yeah, yes, because from uh, from last January, of course, they were they were ranked the entire season. They were number one. At one point, they should be ranked unless they face a major SEC skid. I think you're in a good spot if you're ranked throughout the entire season this year. And that's what he said was a goal for this team, sort of a realistic goal. Um, but if you're Bruce Pearl, you're Auburn, um, what would be your one resolution where you're saying, all right, let's go into the new year and let's get this one area fixed that you think maybe is the biggest issue for this team right now? Yeah, Nathan, that's an interesting question. There's probably several good answers, but I'm going to throw this one out there. This team goes into cold shooting spells and uh, they'll have like one of eight stretches or 0 of seven and yep. go missed 11 of 13 heading into halftime yesterday. Yep. Yeah, they'll go three or four minutes without a field goal. And uh, I mean, you better play really, really good defense to be able to overcome that. And, uh, you know, sometimes good defense isn't enough when you're playing really talented competition in the sec you'll run into teams that have outstanding shooters and uh, are just hot and you can't do anything about shots sometimes when they're really playing well so if they can keep those to a a minimum i think it'll give them a lot better chance to win these games uh at home and, and particularly on the road boy you're asking for major trouble if you go four or five minutes without a field goal in an sec road game Speaking of SC road games, that's going to be Auburn's next game. They go a week without playing. Uh, they'll play next week, midweek at Georgia in the second game of their their SEC schedule. Like you mentioned before, we even started rolling. Um, you know, not not even everybody in the SEC has played yet. Georgia um, played Ryder on on Wednesday. That, like you mentioned, they they barely were able to pull that one out. So it seems to be a game that Auburn can go on the road and win. But of course, that's always a it's always a hostile environment. It's always a place that Georgia wants to win badly over a over a recruiting rival and a, and a cross cross the border rival. But you know, it's only been it's only been a couple days worth of SEC play, but already some interesting results. Um, Mark, you saw Missouri absolutely handle business at home against Kentucky. Um, that was a that was a rough loss there for the Wildcats, but Missouri's been playing really well. Alabama went on the road in a in a game against a top twenty Mississippi State team, got a good win there. Um, showing how hard it is to win on the road in the SEC. Arkansas, which is just loaded with talent, 
went on the road and loses to a first-year coach, LSU, a team that turned over almost their entire roster. Um, so that's still a team that's that's got a lot of talent. What what were some of your impressions of of our opening night of opening couple nights of SEC results? Right now, uh, Kobe Brown at Missouri, the senior from Huntsville, is the hottest player in the SEC. Boy, he's playing fabulous basketball, and uh, you know that's a guy I know Auburn would have loved to have gotten. Uh, he stayed through the coaching change there, and uh, the thing about Missouri that surprised me, Nathan, is that uh, how efficient they've been offensively. Boy, they're getting they're leading the league in assist. Uh, they're shooting at a really good percentage. Um, they they're good enough on defense, but uh, you know, early in the season, you know, you could look at a lot of those wins and say that they didn't play the toughest pre-conference schedule. Then they go into St. Louis for their annual rivalry game versus the University of Illinois, and uh, they didn't just win that game; they dominated that game, and then they dominated Kentucky. Um, at, at, um, at in Columbia, which, you know, is not easy to do. And Shebway had a monster game, and it just didn't matter. Um, um, that they, Kentucky never really threatened them in that game. So that's certainly something to watch. Uh, you know, Alabama had a really nice road win over at Mississippi State. The Bulldogs are ranked, got off to a really strong start. I think Chris Jans is an outstanding hire by Mississippi State coming in from New Mexico State. And uh, uh, Mississippi State's athletic. They're very long. They're really strong on defense. They're among the national leaders. They don't have tremendous amount of fi- firepower. And when a couple of their key scorers are off, they're certainly beatable. But uh, that's that's an impressive win for Alabama. And, uh, you know, Arkansas losing at LSU, to me that was a bit of a surprise. I saw LSU um, – in the game up in Atlanta at State Farm Arena, the, the contest right before Auburn uh, played uh, Memphis. And, uh, you know, they, they beat Wake Forest, but Wake Forest didn't play very well at all in the second half. And uh, it was more of a matter of Wake Forest messing up, I thought, than LSU playing great. Plus, LSU does have a really good player, though. K.J. Williams, the big guy. Transfer from the same conference where Janai Broom came from, and Broom was the uh, the Ohio Valley Defensive Player of the Year, first team All League. Uh, but KJ Williams was the Player of the Year in that conference, and uh, boy, he he looks really good. He's six eleven, and he can shoot three pointers, and he's a really strong rebounder and a strong shot blocker. And then, you know, Matt McMahon brought in a couple other really good players. Uh, from Murray State, and uh, so he's counting on those guys. And you're not kidding. You need a uh, roster uh, to study LSU because that's a totally different team than it was last year. I don't know how many teams lost a bigger percentage of the their players from the previous year than LSU, but probably not many. Yeah, and also Tennessee showing how difficult it is to to win on the road. Ole Miss led late in that game, I believe. Look, they're 63 to 59. Tennessee barely squeaks out of there a um, bunch of teams still aren't in action in, in terms of sec play until next week you got three games on friday but they're all non-conference you got kentucky hosting louisville in that rivalry game on saturday and then i think starting yeah starting tuesday from then on obviously they'll take the break for the, the sec big 12 challenge but from then on it's full steam ahead in sec play i like the way auburn's schedule i was just taking a look at it i i do like the way their schedule plays out here at the beginning um, because like we talked about before we started, you know, Arkansas, that's a great team. Um, that's a tough team to beat, 
but you do get them at home. And so I think there's a decent path to a three and O start for them. Of course, you're expected to handle business at Georgia. You're also expected, like you mentioned, you've won 20, 24, 26. What'd you say at home? Yeah. 26 right at Neville. And yeah. So you're supposed to, you're longest, supposed to win there. Longest then, streaks in the country. Yep. And then after that, you go at Ole Miss, which is one of, it's a, you know, again, tough place to, it's always tough to win on the road in the SEC, but that's one of the, you know, teams near the bottom of the, of the league. And then you, you host another ranked team in Mississippi state after that. But again, you host them. You, you want to be winning most, if not all of your games there at home. So there are a couple stretches late in SEC play for Auburn, like mid to late that are really, really rough. Like the, the Tennessee, Texas A&M, Alabama stretch. And then you've got a Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama stretch at the end of the year. Um, those are going to be really difficult. So securing wins here at the beginning, maybe you're not playing some of the best teams in the conference, Georgia and Ole Miss. You're not playing the best teams ever and you've got them on the road. And then you get some of the better teams, you know, middle of the pack to, to hire and you get them at home. I think there's a decent path here. I think if you're Auburn, you get out of these first five games and you're four and one. I think that'd be I think that'd be pretty good for them moving forward. So we shall see. Of course, again, uh, their next game is not until next Wednesday at Georgia in Athens. So think that'll do it for us today thank you guys so much for listening to this basketball edition of the show thanks so much to mark for providing his insight if you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast please go leave us a five-star review it's the number one thing that helps us out bumper music is by beats by mordecai you guys can follow him on twitter soundcloud instagram until the next episode we'll catch you guys later everybody have a great weekend talk to y'all soon Set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.